morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? My name is George, I'm your campus pastor. Pastor Miles is uh, speaking somewhere else today, so I get the privilege of being with you and diving into the Word with you. you. Excited about getting into God's Word this morning? Great, I'm excited. Before we, we, we dive in, uh, we got a, a quick uh, little message from Pastor Miles. Some of you know that the Supreme Court made an important decision this week, and, and Pastor Miles wanted to just frame that for us, give us some context. So turn your attention to the screens. Here's Pastor Miles. How you doing, Rock family? Due to a previously planned trip, I won't be with you today, but I wanted to respond to the Supreme Court's decision to change the definition of marriage. There are so many people speculating on the religious freedoms that we possibly are going to lose. But I want to focus on the three things the court did not and cannot decide. Number one, the court did not take Jesus off his throne. He is still King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He is alive and well, and his plan is right on schedule. Number two, the court did not decide that we cannot live and thrive in traditional marriages. The, the most powerful way we can change the world is to live and display Christ-like, spirit-led marriages. And number three, the court did not decide and cannot decide and force us to not love one another. I challenge you to love fervently and consistently with Christ's love, everybody you know. Doesn't matter what they believe, doesn't matter their lifestyle, doesn't matter how they treat you. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7:14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, he will hear from heaven and heal our land. May we be that generation that humbles ourselves before God. May we be that generation that seeks God's face with all our heart. May we be that generation that he has entrusted this time, this difficult time to live in and thrive and, and display his unconditional love. May we be that generation. And if we are, and if we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through our lives because we're living in obedience to God, God will do what only God will do. So let's do what we do. Pray and obey and let God do what only God can do. God bless you. God bless our church. And God bless America. So Pastor Miles quoted a uh, verse from 2 Chronicles 7.14. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. I kind of want to springboard off of that this morning and, and talk about what does it mean to actually humble ourselves? What does it mean to, to really do that in a, in a way that uh, God responds to and will, will heal our land? So if you got your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. You're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 8 in the New Testament. Kind of go past the Gospels, a little bit of the way in there, and you'll run into Philippians. Turn to chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to be reading out of the, the New Living Translation. Uh, if, it, if it's not quite what, what your Bible says, uh, it's going to be close, but I just like the way uh, that it, it phrases it in this, this particular version says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? 
Is there any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being and when he appeared in human form he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross so what does it mean to to humble ourselves how can we do it I have two thoughts for you today and a challenge two thoughts and a challenge first If you're taking notes, the the title of this message is is How Low Will You Go? The first thing we need to do if we're going to humble ourselves is we need to cross our I's and drop our me's. We need to cross our I's, capital I apostrophe S, and drop our me's. Let me explain what that means. We need to apply the cross of Jesus Christ to every selfish and prideful area of our lives if we're going to be humble. In this passage in Philippians chapter 2, Paul is basically saying that if I know Jesus at all, it should cause me to realize that it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Say, it's not about me. Now say it like you mean it. One more time. Say, it's about Jesus. Anything that we could accomplish in life absolutely pales in comparison to what Jesus did on the cross. At the cross, Jesus took all of our sin and all of the judgment for our sin and paid the complete full penalty for it all. Without the cross there could be no forgiveness. I'm going to say it again. Without the cross, there would be no forgiveness because God can't offer forgiveness without first serving justice. God cannot offer forgiveness without first serving justice. Imagine if you had a friend that was was raped and and murdered brutally by some criminal and a judge simply says, well, I'm just going to ignore that. We would say that's an injustice. And in the same way, God cannot simply ignore our sin. That would be an injustice. And not only that, it would leave an eternal barrier between us and God. God could never bring us close. He would always have to push us away. So Jesus, on the cross, fulfilled all the justice of God by taking the full punishment for all of our sin. You can thank Jesus for that this morning, right? You can thank Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you can thank Jesus. 
Because now that justice is fully served by Jesus, God can forgive our sins fully. And not only can he forgive our sins fully, he can forget them eternally. God not only forgives your sins fully, he forgets all of them for eternity. So now there is nothing that hinders God from loving us freely. Do you get that? Jesus took all the punishment, all the wrath, all the condemnation for all of our sins so God can forgive us fully. He can now forget about it eternally so that he can love us freely. That's what Jesus did. That's what he accomplished on the cross. And if you've never understood that, you've never fully received God's forgiveness for your sins through the cross, at the end of the message, I want to give you an opportunity to respond and experience the blessed joy of having all of your sins washed away. But before we get there, I also want to point out that the cross is not just about forgiveness, it is also about transformation. Cross is not just about forgiveness, it's also about transformation. In Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. I, letter I, have been crucified, crossed out with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Too often we come to the cross just to be forgiven and not to be transformed. But Paul says, I've been crucified. It's no longer I, it's Christ who's living through me. I've been crossed out at the cross. It's now Jesus who's living his life through me. See, Jesus doesn't just take our sin at the cross, he also offers us his life and his righteousness. He says, if you'll cross out the I, I'll start to live through you. The cross is the ultimate solution for all our selfishness and pride. Because when we cross out the I, we drop our knees, Jesus is willing to start living through us. By faith, we need to apply the cross to every area of our life and trust that it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Say, it's not about me. Say, it's about Jesus. See, living a righteous life, the secret to a righteous life is not trying harder, it's trusting better. It's not me working, that's still I. When I'm doing it, when I'm trying, when I'm striving, when I'm struggling, it's just me. We need to cross out the I and say, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. I'm gonna trust you today, Jesus, to live through me. Live your life through me. What does that look like? Instead of when you find yourself saying, I want, cross that out. Say, Jesus, what do you want? When you find yourself saying, but, but I need, 
Cross that out and say, Jesus, what needs do you want to meet through me? When you find yourself saying, but I deserve, cross that out and say, what does Jesus deserve? And I'll tell you, Jesus deserves all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, all the thanksgiving, everything in us, Jesus deserves it. And when we start crossing out the eye and focusing on Jesus, he's going to start living powerfully through us. You ever find yourself saying, I could never forgive that person? Well, you probably never could, but you could cross out the eye in that and say, Jesus, would you forgive that person through me? Because he died for that person's sin too. And if he's alive in you, his forgiveness will flow through you and it'll wash away all that bitterness, all that resentment, all that hatred, all that anger that really is only hurting you. Holding on to that is the devil's way of getting you to pay twice for the same injury. And you tell him, forget it, devil. I'm crossing out the eye. I'm letting Jesus' love flow through me so that I can be free finally, completely of all the hurt of other people in my life. Instead of asking, what's in it for me? Start asking, what does Jesus want to give through me today? So the first thing we need to do if we're going to really be humble is we need to cross out our eyes and drop our me's. Say, cross out my eyes. Say, drop the me's. The second thing we need to do if we're going to really be humble is we need to get low so that we can lift others up. Say, get low. Get low. Say, lift others up. Once we come to grips with the fact that it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Say it's not about me. Say it's about Jesus. Once I come to grips with that, I'll start praying for opportunities to let Jesus start serving others through me. And this is the true meaning of humility. Humility is not thinking less about yourself, it's thinking more of other people. Say it again. Humility is not, about, is not thinking less about yourself, it's thinking more about other people. Some people think, but if, if I humble myself, I'm just going to be a doormat. They think that being humble is like being a doormat. I, I don't think humility is being a doormat. I think of it more as being a forklift. I don't know if you've ever seen a forklift. I have one here. <laughs> Forklifts are usually big. This one's kind of small. Um, but but it, it doesn't really capture it, does it? Noah, do we have anything bigger back there and a little more substantial? <laughs> All right, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Give Noah a hand. <laughs> now, now take this in for a moment. I asked Noah if I could stand on here and he'd raise me up. It says, no, see, there's a thing there that says don't stand on the fork. So <laughs> look how big that is. How powerful. 
how solid it's solid steel. It's capable of lifting thousands of pounds. It's, it's bright yellow. It's got flashing lights. It beeps when it backs up. It stands out. Yet in spite of all of that, the whole life of a forklift is about getting low. It's designed to get lower than everything else so that it can lift low things up. To me, a forklift is one of the clearest illustrations of what it means to be humble. Real humility is not weakness, it's power on display. Real, a humble person is someone who is strong and, and powerful, yet purposefully gets low, gets underneath other people and uses all of their strength to elevate other people. It takes great power and strength to be truly humble. Being humble doesn't mean you fade into the woodwork. In fact, truly humble people tend to stand out. We tend to notice them because they're doing so much to lift other people. And this is the attitude that Jesus had. To me, Jesus, respectfully, was the ultimate forklift. Right? He's the king of kings, the all-powerful creator of the universe. Yet Paul tells us he lowered himself more than anyone by coming to the earth as a slave. He didn't fade into the, the background. He didn't fade into obscurity. Jesus stood out everywhere he went. He used all of his divine power to elevate everyone's life that he came into contact with. You couldn't run into Jesus without your life being elevated. He was always serving, always helping people, always healing the sick, casting out demons, feeding the hungry, raising the dead. And that's why people came to him by the thousands because they knew when they ran into Jesus, he was going to lift them up. And ultimately, through his death and resurrection, Jesus elevated everyone who would believe in him all the way up to heaven. Jesus is the ultimate example of what it means to be humble. It's using all of our strength, all of our resources to get low so we can lift others higher. Say get low. Get low. Say lift others higher. So the, the first thought was that we need to cross out our eyes and drop our knees. The second thought was to get low so that we can lift other people up. My challenge to you, I actually want to end with a poem, not because I'm, I'm some Elizabethan, thespian, poetic type person. Uh, I'm a little more of a comic strip guy. Uh, but I found this great poem by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. It's called Lifters and Leaders. So I want to share this poem with you, and then I want to give you a challenge. So it's called Lifters and Leaners. Here we go. There are just two kinds of people on the earth today. Just two kinds of people, no more, I say. Not the rich and the poor, for to count a man's wealth 
you must first know the state of his conscience and health. Not the humble and proud, for in life's little span, the one who puts on airs is not counted a man. Not the happy and sad, for the swift counting years bring each person his laughter and each person his tears. No, the two kinds of people on earth I mean are the people who lift and the people who lean. Wherever you go, you will find the world's masses are always divided in just these two classes. And oddly enough, you'll find too, I ween, there's only one lifter to 20 who lean. In which class are you? Are you easing the load of overtaxed lifters who toil down the road? Or are you a leaner who lets others bear your portion of labor and worry and care? And so my challenge to us today, Rock Church, is let's be a congregation of lifters. Let's cross out our eyes and drop our knees. Let's get low and let Jesus live through us so that we can elevate as many people in our community up to heaven. People often ask me, though, but what does it mean to, to be a lifter? What does that actually look like? I want to give you some examples. When you take time to spend with a friend who's going through a difficult time, you're being a lifter. When a husband does the dishes after dinner and puts the kids to bed so that his wife can take a break, he's being a lifter. Can I get an amen, ladies? All right. When a seasoned mom comes alongside a, a new mom and encourages her through those early years, she's being a lifter. When you stay late at work to help a coworker with finish a project, you're being a lifter. When you help a fellow student study for a final exam, you're being a lifter. When you give your hard-earned money to support God's work through our church, you're being a lifter. When you start serving on Sundays instead of just attending, guess what? You're being a lifter now. When you bake fresh, bring fresh baked cookies to the pastors, no, I mean the fire department, you're being a lifter. When you bring flowers to someone who's sick or recovering from surgery, you're being a lifter. When you pull out your phone and you text someone that you know is discouraged and just tell them you love them, you're being a lifter. When you offer to babysit for a couple with young kids, for free of course, uh, so that they can finally go on a date, you're being a lifter. When you pay for someone's Starbucks behind you in the drive-thru, you're, just to put a smile on their face, you're being a lifter. When you leave an extra big tip for a waitress that you see is struggling, you're being a lifter. And I, I always like to give the biggest tips when I've gotten the worst service so that they know they didn't earn it. It's just God's grace in their life. Yeah. 
So will you, Rock Church, will you be a lifter for Jesus? Will you be a lifter for Jesus? If you're willing to be a lifter for Jesus, we've put together a six-day, calling it the forklift challenge, to help you. It's a set of six short devos with a little challenge at the, at the end of it to help focus you this week on being a lifter. And you can get it simply by texting the word forklift to our short code 59769. All right, so I encourage you, just text the word forklift to 59769. You'll get a link. It'll ask for your email address so it can start sending you. You'll get it starting Monday morning, tomorrow morning. You'll get that and, and just get inspired and then take the challenge. And I encourage you, get, get a, uh, your, home felt, your life group to do it with you, your friends, a uh, person sitting next to you, nudge them and say, you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it, All right? You're going to be a forklift? You a lifter or are you a leaner? You're, I kind of always thought of you as a leaner. Right? Maybe, you know. And let's, let's be lifters for Jesus. Amen? All right. I want to I wanna get back to the promise I made uh, at the beginning of the message for anyone here today that has never applied the cross of Jesus Christ to their life. Never, maybe you have never understood. You've come to church for a while, but you've always struggled with guilt and shame and felt distant from God, never felt like you genuinely connected with him and never had a genuine relationship with him, I want to give you an opportunity today to, in faith, based on Jesus' death on the cross, receive God's full, eternal, and complete forgiveness for your life so that his love can start flowing freely to you. So let's bow our hearts before the Lord, and let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for the simple truth of your word. Thank you for the powerful example of Jesus' life. And Father, I pray for those here today or maybe watching online that realize for the first time that they don't know you. Maybe they've been going through the motions. Maybe they've been striving, struggling in their own strength to try to be better. And have never fully trusted in your work, Jesus, on the cross. So I pray you'd you'd speak to their hearts right now and convict them that they need you. They need to receive your gift of forgiveness and grace through the cross. If that's you today, you realize you need forgiveness, you need the cross. And I want to encourage you in the privacy of your heart to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for taking all the judgment and paying the full price for my sin. I believe that you died for me. 
And I ask that you would now forgive me completely and for all eternity. And bring me into a free and unhindered relationship with you. Make me part of your family. If you pray that prayer with every head bowed and eyes closed, I want you just to slip your hand up so I can acknowledge you and pray for you. This is, I'm not going to call you forward. This is between you and God. It's your way of saying, Jesus, I surrender to you. Just raise your hand up high. I want to pray for you. God bless 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 you. See in the balcony. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Dozens of you. God bless you. God bless you. God sees your hand. And he sees your faith. And I want to declare his forgiveness over the totality of your life right now. You are forgiven. You are free. You are a child of God. Now you can thank the Lord for that. Now I want to continue praying. Let's just keep our heads bowed. And there are some of you, perhaps many of you here today that as we went through God's word, you realized in an area of your life that you've been selfish. You've been living primarily for yourself. You haven't been lifting anyone except yourself. God's convicting you today as one of his children. And he's saying, hey, it's time to cross out your eyes and drop your knees. It's time to be a lifter in your marriage. It's time to be a lifter at your work. It's time to be a lifter in your community. It's time to be a lifter at church. It's time to be a lifter with your gifts, a lifter with your finances. And you realize that God is calling you to a fresh commitment with him. I want to give you an opportunity as well to respond in faith to him. If you know and God's convicting you that you need to be a lifter, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. And I want to come to your cross in a fresh way today. Would you cross out my selfishness? Would you cross out my pride? In all the ways that focusing on me, would you help me to drop that? And I want to ask that you would live through me in a powerful way. That you would begin to show me ways that you want to serve others through me. If you prayed that prayer this morning, again, just between you and God, but it's important to take that step of faith and acknowledge it. Now, would you raise your hand if you prayed that prayer 
I can pray for you. God bless 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 you. Hundreds of you. God bless you. Just raise it up high. This is, this is kind of the, the first step. Be bold about it. Say, I'm going to be a lifter and just raise that hand high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. So many of you. God bless you. Father, you see all these hands, and I pray that you would fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit. That you would set them free to stop living for themselves and Jesus, would you live through them in a fresh way this week? Encourage them, open their eyes to see all the glorious opportunities to experience the joy of you living through them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.